Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hiya, welcome along to another bite-sized episode of the High Performance Podcast. Now, normally we will either play a clip from the podcast or we'll share some content from our members club, the High Performance Circle. But what we thought we would do today is read something that you have never heard before because it's never been shared before. And it is an excerpt from our new book, High Performance, Lessons from the Best on Becoming Your Best. Hey, Damien, it's now less than two weeks until people will have copies of the book in their hands. It is getting close. I know, it's exciting, isn't it? I think it's been a it's been a passion project for both of us, Jake, where we've poured our heart and soul into it. So it's exciting. And also a little bit nerve-wracking that people are going to get a chance to get it and read it and digest it in their own way. If you're interested um, in getting your hands on a copy of the book, um, you can order it right now. You can pre-order it right now and it will be with you on the day it's released on the 9th of December. So um, if you want some amazing learnings from the high performance guests and so much more, then all you have to do is just hit the link in the description to this podcast. Just scroll down on your phone or however you're listening to this and uh, you can pre-order it right there. So Damien, how should we do this? Do you want to read a bit? Shall I read a bit? What do you think? I think you should tell your story in it, Jake. I think it's a powerful story, but it was the catalyst for the the whole of the High Performance podcast. Well, no laughing while I read. I won't. Go on. You'll be good. Okay, so uh, this is the very first page. Uh, it's the introduction. Um, Damien does one as well, but as, as is his desire, I'll read mine. And here it is. Uh, nothing is fixed. Failure changed my life. It was the mid-90s, I'd just finished my A-levels and I had my life mapped out. Nobody thought I was on track for greatness, least of all myself. I'd been the epitome of average at my school in Norwich. I wasn't on any sports teams. I wasn't part of any societies or clubs. I couldn't act or sing. In fact, I was so average, I'd been fired from McDonald's a few months previously for a lack of communication skills. Their words, not mine. Life wasn't awful. But it wasn't amazing either. And so my horizons were pretty narrow. I had a place lined up at the University of Nottingham to study media. After that, I was planning to get a job back in my hometown, maybe for the local newspaper or something. But it was a vague plan. The details of how exactly I was going to get that job were pretty woolly. But somehow it felt like my destiny. I never dreamed of a career that would take me much further than Norwich or Norfolk, let alone around the world. After a summer of drinking in East Anglia and holidaying in Falaraki, it was finally A-level results day. So I clambered into my mum's pistachio green VW polo and I drove to get my results. My younger brother was with me and upon arriving at the 1950s complex that housed my rundown state school, I made my way to the table for students whose surnames started with H. 
As I was past the envelope, I prepared myself for what was on the page, fully expecting grades good enough to get my university place. I needed B, C, C. I got E, N, U. I didn't even know what an N was. I was told by a teacher that it stands for narrow, as in I'd narrowly missed getting an E, but I'd still failed. A total disaster. Or so I thought. Today, I actually believe that those awful grades were the single best thing that's ever happened to me. Weeks later, having processed my failure and apologised to my parents a few thousand times, I was back at school studying for my retakes. During my first week back, my politics teacher, Mr Brogan, read out a letter that had been sent to our politics class and it invited students to appear on a new cable channel, Rapture TV, to talk about political issues. Now, despite my massive exam humiliation, I was young, naive and inexplicably certain that I would make an excellent pundit. So I jumped at the opportunity to work in TV. The next week, I rocked up at Rapture's office wearing the same 90s staple of a sweater shop top and baggy jeans. And I told them about my fast food sacking and my A-level catastrophe and then just said, I'd love to give the channel a hand. And I promised to do anything and everything, not just opining on politics, but making tea, operating the phones, whatever they needed. And they agreed. They needed all the help they could get. And suddenly there I was, working for Rapture for £5 cash each weekend. Now, two decades on, I guess it's tempting to think that this moment was somehow part of my destiny, the first step in some inevitable path into life in television. But it wasn't. In the wake of my A-level cock-up, I had no real-life plan, let alone any understanding of how TV worked. My cash-in-hand job was not the result of some grand strategy. It was luck. But it turned out to be the start of something great. Even though Rapture would go bust a few years later, I remember my days there fondly. It was the first time in a TV studio and I loved it, man. The hustle and bustle of the production, the excitement of going on air. But more importantly, the experience caused me to reconsider my approach to success. You see, my A-level disaster and my Rapture TV recovery was the very first time that I started to think about what it actually meant to achieve your potential. Until then, I'd thought that success in life was simple. You either had talent or you didn't. And if you did, life would be easy. If you didn't, life would be hard. This principle led some people to lives of unimaginable success and others to lives of mundanity. That's why until that point, I had so little ambition. If I wasn't naturally talented and I wasn't, well, there was nothing I could do about it. Life was set. My job at Rapture made me see things differently. I'd failed my A-levels, but I'd got back up on my feet. By failing, I discovered new possibilities. If the biggest failure in my entire life had led to this exciting opportunity, what else could failure teach me? That experience marked the very beginning of my journey to writing this book. And as my career progressed from Rapture TV to the BBC and then BT Sport, I found myself surrounded by people who'd realised their dreams. I reported from Formula One pit lanes, Olympic stadiums, Champions League finals, had lunch with Lewis Hamilton, shared a TV screen with Michael Johnson. I even went to a reception at 10 Downing Street. Every day I was lucky enough to spend time with world-beating athletes, entrepreneurs and creatives. Now the old me would have thought that these people were just born high achievers, that they had something that I didn't. But the more time I spent with them, the more wrong I realised I was. Sure, many of these individuals had natural skill, but that wasn't how they'd achieved their success. There are tons of people with talent, and not all of them make it. In time, I realised that the high achievers I met had triumphed thanks to their own persistence. They'd kept their motivation up through dozens of setbacks. They'd worked hard to develop a winner's mindset and winner's habits. 
They'd surrounded themselves with people who encouraged them to be their best. In short, they had turned themselves into high performers. It was the same lesson that I'd learned after my A-level fiasco. To unlock your potential, you don't need to be a born leader. You just need to be ready to try, fail, try again. Over the past 20 years, this insight has changed my life. It's what led me to take some of the biggest risks of my career, whether that was auditioning for a job at the Beeb in 2001, founding our production company Whisper in 2010 with my wife and a friend, or totally upending my entire career to join Upstart's BT Sport in 2013. Now along the way, I've had my fair share of failures, some of them humiliating, but in the end, I managed to achieve more than I ever thought possible winning awards for my presenting, fronting some of the world's biggest sporting events and turning Whisper into a company with hundreds of staff and turnover in the tens of millions. I had uncovered the greatest secret of high performance. The teenage me had been completely wrong. Nothing is fixed. And you can change almost anything about you if you really want to. And it was this principle that led to the creation of the High Performance Podcast and ultimately this book. In the late 2010s, I realised I was entering my third decade as a television presenter. I'd learned so much from the high performers I'd met. They hadn't just taught me that we can all change our lives, they'd shown me how to do it. And I realised it was high time to share what they taught me with the world. My team and I decided to create a podcast that examined the outlook of the world's highest achieving people and that we could all learn from them. Like a nice idea, right? But quite a complicated one to execute. We soon realised that getting the most out of our interviewees wouldn't just mean hearing their stories, it would involve digging deep into their psychology and their behaviour. And soon I realised I needed someone to help me understand the science behind high performance. After all, I was the kid, don't forget, who got E-N-U at A-level. This podcast didn't just need a presenter, it also needed a professor. And that's where Damien Hughes came in. That was brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, Damien. Then we go on to uh, on to your introduction. And I, I like reading that back, actually, because I think sometimes when you're totally immersed in something, yep. you do kind of forget the origins and you forget how it all began. Um, yeah, I think it's the famous Simon Sinek book, isn't it, that always start with why. And that's why I thought that that's the why behind this podcast that people are listening to now. So I think it's important for people to understand that but for us to go back to the origins of it and uh, and tap into the power of that. So let me ask you this then, right? Um, I still remember when I rang you and asked you to be part of this, I was off to the Chelsea Flower Show and I fully expected you to say, I'm busy, I haven't got the time, but um, thankfully you said yes. You came from a world um, very different to mine, from a world of academia at Manchester University. You'd written numerous books. You were a professor, for goodness sakes. Have you learned stuff that you didn't realise existed on high performance or has it just sort of confirmed the things that you already knew no it's been a it's been a huge learning experience it's been like doing another degree completely on it i think um just the stuff that you're hearing uh, from people's perspectives like often in academia people say yeah it works in theory though it might work in practice but what's the theory and i think we go at this from a different angle to say let's speak to people that are out there and we'll try and understand the theory behind it but it's very much how people are taking these lessons and applying them in so many myriad different ways that it's been an incredibly rich experience and education for me 
Oh, do you know what? I'm so pleased, Damien, that it's had, a, it's had an impact on your life. And I really hope that this book has an impact on the lives of the people listening to this podcast and hopefully on the lives of people who've never even heard the High Performance Podcast. They see it, they pick it up, and it makes a difference for them. Um, it's our new book, High Performance, Lessons from the Best on Becoming Your Best, Lessons from the Podcast, but also so much more as well. If you honestly are, are living a life and you're thinking to yourself, you know, how do I turbocharge my life based on what Olympic winning athletes have learned? How do multi-millionaire business people develop those habits of champions? How do Premier League football coaches lead their teams to victory? And what can I what can I take from that and put it into my own life? Then this book is for you. You can pre-order it right now. You can get signed copies from Waterstones. All of the links for those are on the description to this podcast. Um, and we'd love you to, uh, to get your hands on the book in time for Christmas. Thanks, Damien. Thanks, Jake. Loved it. Really thought your reading was brilliant there. Thanks. I'm, I'm getting there. My reading is improving every week. Um, really appreciate you as well listening in and, and tuning into these bite-sized episodes of the High Performance Podcast. As always, thanks to the entire team, but most of all, thanks to you. Wherever you are, whatever you're up to, I hope this episode has taken you another step closer to your own high-performance life.